right, Dylan, thank you that um, we have Jeff with us to share today. We pray that um, we will uh, be able to clear our minds of other concerns and just listen to him and we pray that you'll be with him um, and speaking through him um, and that his words today will be yours. Amen. Thanks, Danny. Good morning again, everyone. It's, uh, it's really great to be back here today. Um, we've, um, we've, we've missed our time at Glen Osmond so far since we've been uh, um, over at Gateway. Um, so it's wonderful to be back today. I'm going to talk a little bit further about some of the things we touched on during Erin's dedication. We started with, it takes a village to raise a child. This is something that, like, it's a saying that I've heard pretty much all of my life. It's a really, really common saying. And it got me thinking, like, where did this come from? And um, so I've done quite a bit of research into this, and the actual origins of this statement are, are really not 100% known. There's a lot of researchers and etymologists have done a lot of uh, research into this statement to see where it came from. It came to prominence in the early, 90, in the early 80s, 1980s, um, as it was published in a couple of books and referenced in a few of them. But what their best guess is, um, is that it dates back to some old African proverbs. There's a lot of um, African cultures in the world who have a lot of ancient proverbs that talk about, in varying ways, about the capacities and responsibilities of having multiple people in the village. <laughs> I, I don't need the banana, thanks, though. Um, having multiple people in the village or the community taking responsibilities for the upbringing of children and, and sharing that responsibility so it's not just contained to the family home, but everyone who lives in that community becomes like a big wider family. So that's the best guess of where it's come from, is these old African proverbs. But So as we're all a church family, we're all brothers and sisters in, in Jesus and, and we're all a part of God's family, um, that makes us here the wider church family of the Bowie family. So we are a village here in this, in this community. And so everyone here has a responsibility in some capacity in the upbringing of little Aaron. We all have a little responsibility to play. And that's something that we take really seriously or something we need to take really seriously, but what does that actually look like? What can we actually do? I mean, absolutely, there are practical things that we can do to support Rach and Ben. We can babysit for them, you know? We can bring them meals and pray for them. You know, there's, there's absolutely a lot of really practical ways in which we can support a family in the upbringing of their children. But this responsibility goes a little bit further. So we're going to have a look today at the book of Titus. Um, I don't have anything on the screen. So if you do have your Bibles, turn with me to Titus. Um, if you don't, I'm just going to read them out to you. So we're going to read from Titus chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. But as you teach what accords with sound doctrine, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behaviour, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that any opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. So 
I do get a little bit nervous sometimes when, when we talk about verses like this because some of the language in there and some of the things that are said, um, they can be a little bit, I guess, cringy or controversial, like, you know, women working at home, um, you know, being submissive, things like that. However, it's really important to understand context, culture, you know, and things like that when these were written. We could talk for hours around the actual, you know, context and culture and, and, and things of the day. That's not what I want to focus on today, though. What I want to focus on is some of the lessons and meaning behind these verses. And there's two things that really come out of this. And the first one is live the example. Live the example is the first one. So verses one and two there, right at the start. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love and steadfastness. The older men in our community, in our village, it is our responsibility to set the example of what a godly, honourable man should be. It's our responsibility to model that to our younger men, to our children. It's our responsibility to live out the faith that we proclaim. Older women are likewise to be reverent in behaviour, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. Older women have the same responsibility here. We are to be the examples. If I was to stand up here and tell you to be good people and, you know, not be slaves to wine, be integral, be honourable, and then go home tonight and just get absolutely wasted, you know, be really mean to everyone, you know, cheat, lie and steal. What does that do to my words? Absolutely. It makes them nothing. It, means, it makes them meaningless. Words without action are meaningless. If we are going to stand here and say we need to be good people, we need to be honourable people, we need to be people of faith, we need to be people of integrity, we need to live that. We need to be that. So that's the first part. We need to live the example. But then the second thing we pull out of this is then we teach. The Bible's not saying just give them a book, give them the information and let them learn. We are the teachers in this. We are the ones who are to teach our young. So it talks in here, women, teach the young women in our, in our community to love their family. How children learn to love is the way they receive love from the people in their life. We need to teach people how to love their families. We need to teach our young women to be self-controlled and pure. Working from home. What I want to do in this little bit, rather than focus on the home, let's focus on the working. What we're looking at here is not being idle, being productive, being active, being involved. We want to teach our young women to be involved to get involved in life, to get involved in their world, to get involved in their work, to be productive and be active. Teach them to be respectful and honouring in relationships by saying when we teach women to be submissive to their husbands or their partners, we're talking about being honourable. Honour the relationship. Honour the commitments that are made. Be respectful to one another. 
honour our relationships. When I first read this, I'm like, there's this whole long list of stuff that it talks about teaching our young women, and then there's one line for the teaching young men. It just says, likewise, teach young men to be self-controlled. And I thought, that's a bit rough on the ladies, that you know, the ladies have this whole long list of stuff that they're supposed to learn, but all the men have to learn is one thing. But it's not true. The word likewise here, it's actually used as a linking word in this. So it basically means everything that was said there applies to the guys as well. Everything there, likewise. So we need to teach our men to love their families, to love their partners and love their children. We need to teach our young men to be self-controlled and pure. We need to teach our young men to work in the home. And we need to teach our young men to participate, to be productive and not be idle. We need to teach our young men to be respectful and honouring in their relationships and honouring in their commitments. And then, likewise, teach our young men to be self-controlled. Self-controlled is singled out here for a really specific reason for our young men. Because being self-controlled means the ability to show restraint. Being self-controlled means the ability to manage one's actions, one's feelings, one's emotions. Being self-controlled means having the ability to show mercy, to be respectful, to be gentle, to have gratitude, to act with love and honour. These are really valuable things for young men to learn. And so that's why this extra line is singled out. So yes, we, we teach all of the things that we teach to our young women. It's vitally important that we teach them to our young men as well. But above all, we need to teach our young men how to be men of honour, how to be men of respect, and how to treat people with kindness and mercy. And then we see in verses 7 and 8, why do we actually need to do these things? Verses 7 and 8 tell us, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. That's why it's so important that we not only just speak the example and speak the lessons and teach, we have to live it. We have to live as people of integrity and people of honour. Because it's like I said earlier, like if I was to just go out and after saying all of these wonderful things to you, if I'm going to go home and yell at my wife and treat my kids horribly and get drunk and do all of these you know, really nasty things, it makes everything I've talked about here null and void. You know, I remember hearing um, one of my youth group leaders actually when I was a kid I caught them out doing something that they probably shouldn't have been doing. And he looked at me and he said, do as I say, not as I do. And I've heard that saying a lot through my life, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But that's not the way it should be. We should be proud 
of what we do. We should be able to say, do as I do. That's the example that Jesus set to us. Jesus said, do as I do. Here's the roadmap. Here's the way. We are responsible to try and emulate that. So in our lives, we have to act with that integrity. We have to be the people that we want to see our generations grow up to be because we are their example. These young early years are so precious. By the time a child reaches the age of five, the majority of their values that they will carry through their life are set in their souls. Values are really, really difficult for us to change. A child learns more in the first five years of their life than they will learn for the rest of their life combined. Think about that. The first five years, you learn more than you do for the rest of your life put together. You have to learn everything in those first few years. Absolutely everything. And that's why it's so vital that the people in our children's lives are people of honour and people of integrity and people of love and people of grace and people of mercy because they will learn to emulate you. They will learn how to love people by the way you love them. They will learn how to treat people by the way you treat them. They will learn how to show forgiveness to people by the way you forgive. And not just the way you act towards them, but the way you act towards each other. Children are some of the greatest mirrors in the world. They can show us for who we truly are. So treat each other with respect, treat each other with dignity, treat each other with honour, treat each other with love and then pass that on to our children because that is our responsibility. It is the greatest burden of a parent. I think every parent in this room will feel that, you know, you're always thinking, man, have I screwed this kid up or what? (laughs) You know, have I done this right? We're always so afraid because the responsibility is, is there. It's, you know, we are responsible not only for the life and you know, living of this child, but we're also responsible for the way that they are raised. And every person in this room has a responsibility for every child in this room. We are a part of the village. We are a part of the family. And children are so observant. They watch everything. They hear things that you wouldn't believe they hear. They see things that you just don't even know they're there. So it's not only in those moments when you think no one's watching, oh, okay, we can let the guard now, guard down now and, you know, be ourselves. We always need to be ourselves and ourselves need to be people of honour and people of integrity. Because someone is always watching in some way. Someone's always hearing. So I guess... As I just close, um, I'm I'm pretty much done now, but I want to ask you to stand with me again as we stood earlier. And I'm going to ask you a similar question to what we we talked about during Aaron's dedication. And if it's something you want to commit to, I want you to respond together with, with God's help, I will. Okay, so if you could all stand with me. And I want to ask... Will you choose to be self-controlled, sound in faith and love, and to be an example to our young men and our young women? Will you teach them to be self-controlled? Will you teach them to be productive? 
Will you teach them to love and be pure of heart and to live with honour and dignity? And above all, will you teach them to know Jesus? With God's help, I will. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us the ultimate role model in your son, Jesus. Lord, we ask for your strength that we may live with honour and that we may live with integrity. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy, which is given so freely and so very rarely deserved. Lord, we ask that you would embolden us, challenge us to teach your word and your ways to our children so that they may grow into men and women who are known for their integrity. Men and women who are known for their mercy and that the light of your spirit will shine brightly in this dark world through them. Lord, we thank you for the incredible blessing that children are to us and to the world. We thank you for the responsibility that you have placed in us as parents and communities and families and villages. Lord, we ask for your help and your strength to honour that responsibility now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Amen.